0: Hello, this is Greg, host of the Super NES Podcast, and you're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast. Which really should be called the Cement Factory Podcast, as as Nintendo says that level in Donkey Kong is really Cement Factory, but who am I telling these guys how to run their podcast? Let's sink the coughs, everyone.
1: That sounds like a good idea, sinking the coughs, yeah. Ooh, that's awesome. what you're sinking to now. You're sinking to the point where you're coughing it. <coughs> I'm coughing. That would be an interesting uh,
0: theme. We'll talk about ghosts and goblins and ghouls and ghosts, and the theme will be coffins.
1: Oh,
0: I'll, yeah, I'm giving it
1: away for everybody.
0: Oh well, unless Hyde cuts that out.
1: Everybody forget what we just said. Well, they generally like Jim do anyway. Just said, actually, they, they they generally forget what we say
0: anyway, except when they're winning uh, like huge, 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 magnificent gifts from us. No, we'll talk about yeah. that in a
1: little bit. Oh, yeah, we should. We should. In- I, I don't know what I would call this. I guess this would be episode 93 and a half, maybe? Yeah, let's just go the whole 94. Oh, we're allowed to change our minds, damn it. Yeah, we're
0: we're women, you know. Oh, wait a minute. That was sexist. Isn't this wrong with being sexy? No, it's not sexy. It's sexist. That's a totally different thing. We're brides. Brads, Hey there, Brad. There, is that better? They're like the Frank Sinatra talking about the brads. Or
1: something. Or something. uh uh-huh.
0: Wow, this is getting off to an interesting start.
1: Yeah. So, uh, second episodes in a row are basically going to be yawning my way through it, and I don't know why. I didn't, have a, I didn't really have a particularly trying date today.
0: You're listening to the antics of Yanni and coffee. Yeah. Ooh, Yanni.
1: Yanni. And uh, those of you who caught my concert at the Acropolis, uh, mm-hmm. F. Hari I wonder if Yanni so, drinks coffee. Uh, would you like to see a movie with Yanni drinking coffee?
0: Oh, God, that was one of the best Animaniacs bits. <laughs> Would you like to see a movie about eating beans with George Went?
1: Would you like to see George Went in a bean-eating movie? Oh, there is, a pl- there is a coffee place called Yanni's Coffee. I wonder if that's the Ooh. same guy. You never know. Huh. So anyway, hey, um, I guess we should, like, introduce ourselves. Uh, those of you who've seen the Pie Factory podcast uh, trading card that's going to be unveiled on May 18th, uh, I am the fat guy on the left. I'm Sean,
0: and I'm the fat guy on the right. I'm Jim. Oh please! Oh God, please. it hit home for me today because, despite my coughing and my illnesses, I went out on my bicycle for four and a half miles, and oh, wiped me out. <clears throat> and I'm the guy who can normally do—I can
1: generally do like twenty or forty. <sighs> wiped know, me up. I rode my bike to work and back today, and it's the first time in a long time that I didn't feel winded, and I think I know why. Oh, it's because I was in San Francisco last week, and the hills wiped me out Mm. where we were staying. There's this massive incline and I was watching people ride their bikes over it. And I could feel the pain. I could feel the pain of actually doing it. And I wasn't the one doing it. Feel the burn, feel the burn. And I I took a little walk myself and uh, did some exploring over at land's end. And there's like kind of a, a semi unauthorized trail there that I, I walked along and there's this part of it that's really really super steep really easy to go down the path downward that is but then coming back it's you practically need a ladder and i think after all that all that last week i think that's why i was able to get to work and back fairly easily this time Mm -hmm. even with some wind because man that's nothing compared to like say san francisco hills and stuff but man
0: there's a place in michigan i've been wanting to go to it's um sleeping bear dunes national lakeshore there's a place called the dune climb and the dune dune is like 100 maybe 200 feet above lake michigan and Ooh. you go down it and then you got to climb it all the way back up to get to the parking lot
1: oh god a sand dune so uh well, hopefully it's one dune along lake michigan where you won't see like smokestacks off in the distance oh you definitely uh, won't there in fact ah. I recommend everybody if you're in the Midwest
0: or nationwide really to go to Sleeping Bear Dunes. It's uh, a beautiful little slice of heaven in Michigan. And oh, I how f- do mean it's beautiful. How far up the uh, shore is it? Like 200 miles. To- oh, okay. So it's that's about far uh, 2 up, yeah. thirds of the way up the uh, west coast of Michigan. Huh. Yeah. It's uh, uh. it's
1: worth it. it. It's in the Traverse City area. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about like checking out Traverse City. Traverse
0: City last time I was there was absolutely beautiful. Hmm. I remember one time there's a town on the I think it's the Lilano Peninsula up there. I can't remember the name of the town. I think it was Empire.
1: Rotten kid.
0: And uh we went to we had me and my dad and my brother were up there, we had ice cream at this in a band, well, not an abandoned, but in an old um like a mill. It was built over the river. And it was, they turned it into an ice cream shot. It was really, really kind of cute. But this huh. was like 30 years ago, though, so it's probably still not probably not there anymore. Oh, by the way, my name is Jim, or Jimmy G. I didn't introduce
1: myself yet. So Yeah, something like that. And um, hey, Sean, man. I was, I was yeah? saying
0: uh, beforehand, I was cleaning off my desk while rearranging it after coming back from Midwest Gaming Classic to get my recording uh, situation straightened up. And lo and behold, I don't know where this came from, but I found a brochure called All About Potatoes.
1: Oh, good. That means that you can finally uh, continue on This Week in Potatoes. Yeah,
0: like, what could be more versatile than the potato? It even comes in five basic types and numerous varieties. New potatoes are not a variety, but simply potatoes that come to market directly from the field and are not placed in storage. They're generally harvested to be smaller in size with unique skin texture and are available all year in limited quantities. The types are russet, round red, long white, He hee hee. Round white, and um, it goes on just short of recipes. Oh, actually, there's one or two recipes on here. Actually, there's three. Oh, potato ideas. Hmm. That should be a regular segment. Potato ideas. Potato Florentine. Come, yeah, I'm not gonna do it. There, will, you'll have to wait. Yeah, for don't, the... don't
1: plan your third podcast now. Yeah.
0: So we're gonna have to uh, restart uh, this week in potatoes. We might have to call all about potatoes though. So I don't hmm. know, but yeah. So I have some potato information now for reals. Not joking. Oh,
1: <laughs> so
0: what have you been doing, Sean?
1: <laughs> I I don't know what I've been doing because man, ever since like Midwest gaming classic, it's been just nuts. So because I now have a work schedule in which I work nine hours for four days and then half a day on Friday, which meant that pretty much all my half a day on Friday uh, since we last recorded was frantically finishing up, packing up for Midwest gaming classic. Then when my wife got home, she didn't come with me this year. She decided to because we we're going on a trip right after and she decided that wouldn't be a good time to go and then have to rush the, when we get back home to hurry up and repack for another trip. So that was nuts. We had Midwest gaming classic and I came home from Midwest gaming. Cl- oh, Oh yeah. I got to tell you about this uh, Sunday night after we finished uh, packing and everything, I see King Henry VIII outside. He's uh, just about ready to pack up his stuff. And I said, you know what I'm going to do now that this video game expo is over? He said, what are you going to do, Sean? And I said, I'm going to go back to my hotel room and play some video games, which I haven't done at all this weekend. (laughs) For the most part, I didn't play any video games at all the whole weekend. And he said that um, he wasn't sure if the hotel they put him up in. I think he was at the uh, Hilton this time. He wasn't sure if he was given a room until Monday morning. See, so and he just found out that it was only till Sunday. Oh, wow. And he didn't want to drive back home right away. So he said, how big is your bed? Whoa. I know. I'm married. So yeah. Hey, I I could have shared a bed with the creator of rampage, but uh, yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: that, that was, uh, that was interesting. So yeah. Monday I pack up the car, uh, by the way, I had a rental car so that my wife could have our regular car. <laughs> <laughs> so I rushed over. I rushed home, unloaded the car. Then we both rushed over to the rental place. Then we went out to have lunch at Super Dog, which is an amazing drive-in on the far northwest side of Chicago. Been there a couple they, of ha- they have another location up the road in Wheeling too, and uh, yeah, they are awesome. Uh, I love their pickled green tomatoes they put on the hot dogs. One of these days I'll try those things. I'm not a tomato person. Really? But, but man, Oh, those are good. Yeah. They're crunchy. I love their fries so much. Oh their god, fries their fries are good. amazing. Their oh, fries are good. Man.
0: Oh well, but uh
1: so uh, if, they, if
0: uh, Superdog
1: wants to sponsor us uh yeah, we're yeah. open. Yeah, absolutely. Contact us. And um then I came home. I think my wife went grocery shopping or something because I don't do grocery shopping unless it's a life or death emergency. So I'm rushing to pack, finish packing for our trip that we're leaving for the next morning, Tuesday morning. And in the meantime, my wife gets an email from Southwest airlines. This, well, this is actually a little bit before saying that our flight back home was canceled. The hell. And it turned out that it was because the plane that was scheduled for that flight was one of those brand new Boeing jets that mm. have been causing pilots, all the confusion and stuff. So they took, they're taking those out of circulation until they can figure out how the hell to operate those things. So they rebooked us. We had a choice of either a nonstop flight back at 6.30 AM, which would mean that we'd have to be at the airport. We'd have to be at SFO at 4.30 and we're like, "Uh, no. So the other option was to fly into San Diego, then catch a connecting flight back to Midway, which is what we opted for. It was later in the day. It was reasonable. And we find out the morning that we're flying back home that the flight was delayed. And if everything went smoothly from that point on, from when the delay was going to happen, we would have 20 minutes from the time the plane lands to make our connecting flight. Ouch! Now, the way that San Diego Airport is organized, there's a southwest terminal, which all you have to do is just step out of one gate and then walk across to the other gate. Mm -hmm. So basically go down one ramp and up another. No, our plane lands at a completely different gate area. So we had to leave and then go back in through security again and go to the other gate area. And here's, here's something to add to the fun. My wife habitually buys a bottle of water when she gets past security. Mm -hmm. And so she did that at SFO and she brought it in the plane with her. Mm -hmm. She totally forgot she still had it in her bag. And of course, when you go through security, they confiscate any liquids you have that go there beyond three ounces because they don't know if you have, they don't know if the bottle has water or sulfuric acid or what. So she got stopped at the magnetometer. They're like, oh, we got to run your bag through again. She's like, oh God, no. And we ran our asses off and we made it to the plane with about seconds to spare. So. We were just so freaking exhausted, and of course, still trying to adjust to the time change. My body didn't adjust to the two-hour time difference until our last day there, and then I had to go back to work, of course, so yeah, that's that's uh, what's been going on with me. Huh. How about you there, uh, Jimmy G? Or as we call you when we're not on the podcast, Jim.
0: Well, I got home from Midwest Gaming Classic immediately well, not immediately, but uh, after perusing Facebook for a while, crashed. Daughter and I did stop at a on the way home because I hadn't eaten at one in a while. And uh, uh, I noticed it was the A&W. It was across the street from the Arby's that you and I went to a couple years ago uh, when we carpooled to Midwest Gaming Classic.
1: Don't remind me. And then um, that was not my idea, by the way. I just want to put You that don't like out Arby's? There. I love Arby's. Oh, God. Arby's is good. You are the first one ever.
0: But I like Arby's. Well, I guess our friendship is over.
1: But we still got a podcast to do.
0: Oh yeah. So we just after that we just drove straight home and um, oh I forgot to pay the tolls. Oops, I better do
1: that uh, before they uh, give me a notice. I think I'm still good. Uh, oh, that's another thing. I forgot to take my transponder out of my car. Uh oh. But thing is, I remembered it just as I was getting on the tollway, so I I had enough foresight to get over to the manual lanes. Mm-hmm. And on top of all that. The rental car they gave me had a New York license plate. Oh, geez. That started out G-Y-P. Jip. My wife thought that was the most hilarious thing on the face (laughs) of the earth. And why not? That They stuck me with a a car with a New York plate that said (laughs) Jip. So here I am looking like some kind of yutz, pulling over to the manual lanes with this New York plate that says Jip. And I had to tell everybody... I'm from Chicago, I just forgot my iPass transponder. They're like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, but
0: anyway, yeah, but we got home, crashed, and um, I haven't really played many games since then. I did purchase this weird game off of Steam called Hypnospace Outlaw. It's like a simulation of 1999 internet, and you're like a, um, I don't know, a content monitor for the Hypnospace Corporation, and you're basically going on all the pages looking for violations, and um, it's uh, got its moments, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of boring. Uh, I do like how they create recreated the... Uh, the um,
1: Avocado toast?
0: Uh, ...atmosphere of 1990s, oh. late 1990s internet with all of the bad graphics and spinning graphics and flashing pages and music in the background that you can't turn
1: off and and yeah.
0: website rings like the official Zane sucks ring,
1: but um, <laughs> oh god, the, the website rings aren't a thing anymore, are they? No, they're
0: not. At least not that I'm aware. Hmm. But yeah, um, it's got its moments, but it's kind of boring for me. I don't know, maybe because I just no good at it. But uh, I did hear hmm. they re- they they did release Cuphead for the Switch, so I'm gonna probably purchase that, but I haven't yet. Even though I've only like, I'm only like thirteen oh, percent through man. the PC version.
1: Oh dude, the, I went through the trouble of like researching how to transfer your cuphead game in progress to a different computer because I was like, Oh, I'm gonna play this in my hotel room. Yeah, I I didn't. Well and the reason was because I was planning to play it on like the hotel TV with a bigger screen and all mm-hmm. that. The hotel TV was not responsive at all to anything I brought because I brought a second Atari 7,800 with me Mm -hmm. and I plugged it in. There was a little panel. If you wanted to plug in like external devices, they had a little panel on the side of the desk next to the TV and the TV was in hotel mode, which meant that it disabled all of the actual inputs on the TV itself. You had to go through the little patch. So I flip on the Atari 7,800 and it comes on and then the video gets fuzzy, loses color, and then fades to black and all I have is audio. <laughs> so here I am thinking that my 7800 was on the fritz. I remember this is the same 7800 that I lent you once and you had told me that you had some issues with it. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, I brought my soldering iron with me. I saw a couple of loose connections. I re-soldered them nice and solid, fired it up. Hey, full color and everything. And then 10 seconds later, video got fuzzy, faded out. (laughs) Nothing but audio. And I was pissed. I connected my computer to the HDMI port, and the TV thought there was something connecting, but it was like, nah, I'm not going to connect. I'm not going to give you that external monitor. So no cuphead for me. And it turned out, of course, that it was the TV the whole time. It was not my 7800 that had the problem, because when midwest gaming classic was over and i brought my tv up to the hotel room i plugged in the faulty so i thought 7800 fired up perfectly which i'm actually happy about because my backup 7800 has an led on it that actually changes color and i love that it's bright as hell but but no cuphead for me so how do you like cuphead i don't think i've ever talked to you about it um i i'm enjoying it i think it's I'm not quite as excited about it as I was when I first started playing it, mm-hmm. mainly because I think the novelty wears off. The novelty of having this, like, 30s cartoon-style mm-hmm. graphics kind of wears off once the gameplay gets kind of repetitive. Um, I still want to finish it, that's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. F- a game that hard got- is, is... is
1: The way Cuphead is, it's like... It's hard, and it, and it
0: frustrates you, but it's not a game that you... Yeah, but you've, you invested so much into it, you're like, I can't just stop now. I got to finish this damn thing.
1: Yeah, and I finally made it past the first run and gun, so I was happy about that.
0: Yeah, I can't make it past the second or third one. I can't remember. Not, I I'm not much got, further than you.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've gotten to the second or third one yet, but yeah, I tried. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm still, oh, oh, while I was, Sunday night, while I was in my hotel room, I, uh, before... That literally Thursday before Midwest Gaming Classic, the day before we had to go up to Milwaukee, I ordered, because of your recommendation, mm-hmm. an 8-bit Doe Sega Genesis controller and Bluetooth receiver. Mm-hmm. It arrived literally seconds before I was going to be out the door and heading up to Milwaukee. And I finally tried it. I tried it out in the hotel room on Sunday night after everything was packed up. I tried it on my Atari 7800 using the Ed Laden Seagull and... Holy crap! It's it's stunning, like playing wirelessly on an Atari seventy eight hundred with no lag. I
0: know th- I've been I've been a, as people who listen to this podcast know I'm a huge proponent of eight bit do's products and um they're they're solidly built and they work well. There might be some some issues along the way with uh, with firmware, but that's easily updated. And um, yeah, I, like I said, a huge fan of the. Pro- I love them. I love everything I've bought for them. From them. The only problem I have with 8 bit with, with the product, and it's not because of the 8 bit, and it's not 8 bit Doe's fault, I don't believe, is the um, Sega Genesis Bluetooth dongle, which I'm actually holding in my hand right now. Which uh, people, you're who- holding a dongle in your hand, but um, the Genesis dongle uh, does not work in the uh, At Games Legends flashback. and really? I'm guessing because one of the pins probably doesn't have enough power to run the dongle. Hmm. And because the light doesn't even go on when you plug it in and you turn it on, but uh, that's not uh, that's not a problem with eight bit though. That's a problem with the uh, at games. So that was actually you the think? <laughs> yeah, think and that's actually the one uh, one device I was actually not certain if it would work in there or not. But everything else I've tried it with has worked, and, and hmm. I, 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 as I think I've uh, posited on this on the last episode. And we're not getting paid for them, which is a shame because we promote their stuff. I promote yeah, their the stuff hell? so much. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Eight bit though, but. Uh, People always bag on Chinese products. They're like, yeah, it's, from China. it's a piece of crap. 8-bit those stuff, yeah, might be Chinese. This is real good quality stuff they make. And I'm seriously considering getting one of their uh, wireless arcade sticks. Yeah. And I'll uh, see how that works. Your
1: voice suddenly got fuller.
0: Probably because I was, like, closer to the microphone. i got to oh, change okay. my setup here still. It's not perfect. i got to clean my room. and. Uh, oh, and, don't and, and, even get me started on that. Ugh. Well... I don't know. I think it'd probably be a contest between us. Huh. I think my my mess is mostly uh, fast food cups on the floor. Yeah, my mess has been here for almost thirteen years. Uh huh. Yeah. Right, there you are. Yep. Indeed. And, um, oh yeah, when we went to uh, and uh, we did. Um, well, I guess we should start talking about uh, the Midwest Gaming Classic. Should I show? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get one thing out of the way. Before Midwest Gaming Classic, you informed me that you purchased something for me that you spent money on something Mm -hmm. for me yes and i have it right here on my desk purchased from indianapolis when me and the wife and two of my kids went down there the weekend previous to midwest i've been to indianapolis twice like as a desk well i've been to indianapolis twice and both times it wasn't good i like indianapolis but that's me once we got a flat tire well and the other time we had basically a failed dog adoption long story short Mm -hmm. oh well
0: the city itself is nice. I like it. So,
1: yeah, I, I'm not. I'm already not looking forward to this Indianapolis thing here.
0: So why don't you tell the good folks what I bought you in Indianapolis?
1: Okay. Sadly, the little feature we had called Sean's Drinking Arena, which, by the way, I actually kind of stole from Jim, just in audio form. He actually did it full video form. I did it a couple of times, yeah. In which I would taste a unusual soda most of which I purchased over at Lickety Split Frozen Custard at the corner of Broadway and Glen Lake in Chicago. They also have another one not not far uh, over on Western Avenue and Pratt. Or no, Western and Lunt, actually. They advertise as being at Western and Pratt, but they're actually at Western and Lunt. Uh, Lickety Split, you may feel free to sponsor a grassroots uh, podcast that is now becoming a collectible uh, within the next month. Uh, More on that later. But what you purchased for me was from Rocket Fizz, as was pretty much all my other weird sodas. This one is called Barf exclamation point soda. And it says great chunky flavor. And uh, there on the picture, on the label, like barf is written in kind of horror type white font, like kitschy horror. And there's a character that looks kind of like the incredible Hulk, and it looks like he's eating a slice of yellow and green pizza, but I think he's supposed to be throwing up. hmm <laughs> It's got pure cane sugar, none of that uh, uh, high fructose corn syrup, which the body digests exactly the same as does any other sugar, so uh, I'm not going to get into that right now. But let's try barf soda. Let's see, I already loosened the cap. It smells weird, but I wouldn't. my first thought on the smell wouldn't be barf. It does not taste at all like barf. At all. Have you ever tried this, by the way? I have not. You have not? Nope. The, I don't know if I want to ruin it for you then, but... Ruin it. Honestly, this is a very pleasant tasting soda. Really? Doesn't taste like Barfoot. It tastes like a lot of the weirder Lester's Fixin's drinks. It has kind of that vibe to it. I wonder if Rocket Fizz has a special flavor they put in all their stuff. Could be? Hmm. Yeah, seriously, it's not, it's not bad at all. There's like a bright little flavor to it, uh, it's kind of a cloudy pink soda, and it tastes very pink. For those of you who are in the Midwest, Pop, uh, in the South, Coke, and uh, uh Greg, uh, Soulblazer, Tonic. Oh, and thing is, I brought as kind of an intermezzo a glass of blackberry ginger ale, which is Ooh. amazing, just so I could wash down the horrible flavor. Turns out I didn't really need to.
0: I generally don't like blackberry, but
1: uh, hmm. The Jewel, or as we call it in Chicago, Jewels, J-E-W-E-L is pronounced Jewels, by the way, occasionally has blackberry ginger ale. So every time they have it, we grab as many as we can because it's so good. But I don't need it tonight because really this barf soda, it actually tastes pretty nice. Hmm. Hmm. So here you go. Well, there we are. Hmm. I was hoping
0: it would be worse. I kind of oh, well, figured there's look- no way they could actually do actually a real barf flavor. But
1: the thing is, I think those any, those every flavor beans Mm -hmm. that were inspired by the Harry Potter movies, I think those actually do taste like what they're supposed to taste like. But this, no, this tastes, this is actually a very pleasant tasting drink. I I don't need the uh, blackberry ginger reel, but it's Mm. so awesome. I'm still going to drink it. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Besides, I burned about 2,400 calories today. Okay, I can um, afford to.
0: I got to say, while we were doing the uh, Sean's drinking arena, um, I noticed uh, Hyde St. Pierre got a new job. What? Says he started a new job at Screw You Colorado. What? Yeah, today. He started today. He's an assistant regional booty judge. And it's in Estes Park, which I would kill for a job in Estes Park, Colorado, because it's right at the entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park.
1: No, it's because you'd call it Testes Park. Oh man, I'm so ticked off too. Up the street on Glenwood in Rogers Park, far north side of Chicago, there's an intersecting street, Estes, E-S-T-E-S. Mm-hmm. Someone had painted a T in front of it that had been there for years. Sometime this year, they fixed the sign and they painted over the T and I'm pissed. Testicles. So it doesn't say testes anymore. Testicles. That is all. And people ruin fun for
0: everyone. So I don't know. I think with that closing the door on Sean's drinking arena and uh, Hyde's little job, who's gonna do the, who's gonna do the freaking post production on this then?
1: There's no reason he still can't. I mean, that's there's such true. A, well, then again, he he always had this hang up about doing it over the internet. He he always wanted me to hand it off to him in person. Ew. I don't know why he wanted it exchanged on a uh, flash drive mm-hmm. or a thumb drive or something. Well, yeah, that's not gonna be good. No, I mean, what's he going to do, fly out here, like, every damn fortnight? I don't know.
0: Maybe he's too busy playing Fortnite.
1: He's not a gamer, though. That's why, despite popular demand, he won't be on the show. this
0: is the one game that got him hooked. I was not a huge fan of... I was really kind of out of the the computer gaming realm until I found a free uh, demo disc of World of Warcraft. I don't know. Maybe he did get addicted. I don't know. Everybody's got that one little addiction. Yep. So, anyway, any rate, uh, let's talk about Midwest Gaming Classic.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Yep. Um, Midwest Gaming Classic. Ah, those of you who don't know, it is an annual gaming show. Mm-hmm. Not just video games, because they actually do have, like, kind of a board game corner, but it's mostly video they games.
0: They had a uh, kind of a, a huge um, Settlers of Catan rug and game set there with all the pieces in uh, huge size there, and... People who know what Settlers of Catan is uh, know what I'm talking about. We have actually have it here too. It's a decent enough game. It's uh, not quite my cup of tea, but I will watch it every. I watch it. I will play it every now and then. It's uh, kind of like a board game version of Civilization, I guess. Is a good way to put it. Even though there is a board game version of Civilization, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they had other uh, other games too. That people were playing like Magic: The Gathering, and they had a whole bunch of board game board and card games you could rent out to play oh, as well wow. they had one game i wanted to play but i just couldn't find a time to try it it was a monty python and the holy grail card game oh it really? was uh, i can't remember there was a subtitle to it but uh i was, I was curious about that but i just couldn't uh, get the time to play it
1: yeah that's another thing i was thinking oh man i should have brought uh, joking hazard but time time and exhaustion really
0: yeah that's the problem when you're running a table and even if you're just sitting at the table all day it still gets pretty damn tiring I don't know what it is, but it does get tiring.
1: Yeah, and, I don't know uh, either.
0: But um, we uh, this year we shared a table with uh, Franco Dragon. Oh, yes, Franco selling,
1: Dragon, yes. Uh, Clark Otto. Junior.
0: Oh, Junior? I didn't know that. Yes. And yes. Uh, he was selling some of his wares there, and I brought along my daughter to help us out, just in case you and I wanted to go out and uh, go around and look at and do some stuff.
1: I was impressed at how enthusiastic she was about helping us out. Seriously, well, she
0: was interested in going there just because of all the games. <laughs> she played Mar- the Mario Kart tournament like three, four, five times. And oh yeah, she got in the top three twice, which was pretty cool. She was all enthusiastic yeah. about that. And for helping us out, I did buy her a um, a book. Uh, there was a vendor not too far from us who was selling a bunch of like uh, uh, a bunch of manga uh, books, and I bought her uh, one of the books of the black butler series which i think i talked about that show on here last episode basically there's a butler who is a demon there's a kid whose parents were murdered and so he says a prayer and he's, he summons a demon and he said tells the demon you help me find who my parents murderers are and then you can have my soul and so they reach this agreement and he only gets the soul if the kid dies but well, if the kid commits suicide, he doesn't. He uh, the it demon doesn't... won't get the soul. But if he dies pretty much any other way, the demon will get the soul. So the demon is locked in this contract, and so it's basically the the, the cartoon show is kind of like. Uh, well, it takes place in Victoria, in England, for one. But the the anime um, is it's kind of like uh, like solving mysteries. It's kind of like a a bizarre take on the whole Scooby Doo thing, I guess. Maybe no, it's, no, no, no. It's it's a it's a it's a bizarre take on uh, Holmes and Watson uh, in a way, and. Um, I watched a couple of episodes of that with my daughter and I'm not a huge fan of anime or manga or any of that but uh, I really got addicted to that and I got really got into the show it was really good and then there was, in 2014 I think maybe 2016 uh there was a live action movie based on the uh, based on it which was released by Warner Brothers Japan so me and my daughter watched the subtitled version of that and um a lot of people who like the anime and the and the manga were like uh didn't really like the, the movie because it messed with the formula a little bit, uh, because it takes place in, um, in the future actually with, um, the descendants of the kid from the, from the anime. But I still thought it was entertaining. Uh, the Butler's weapon of choice is a uh, butter knife. <laughs> he, he, kills a lot of people with just a butter knife. So that's kind of entertaining, huh. but skillful, actually. skillful. Yes. Um, anyway, I got her a book from, from that, uh, for helping us out. And, uh, but she had a lot of fun. Um, I let her go off for an hour at a time every now and then, and uh, she was just looking around doing this, that, and the other, and I introduced her to to all of our friends, guys over at Guys Games and Beer, which, sorry we couldn't join you guys this year. Oh, man. We really
1: wanted to, but we were just dead tired. Yeah, I feel bad, because I I went down to see them, but I didn't really talk to them. I just went straight to the VEC Trex Mm -hmm. cabinet. And played Solar Quest. I feel bad for you. those are nice guys. I should have I should have been more sociable.
0: Yeah, I said hi to Tom and uh, Drunken Larry. I didn't see Larry this year. Uh, he I was, know there. He was there. I, but I ran I didn't into see him, him a couple of times. Oh, yeah, and I introduced my daughter to him. And um, they're you know what? They're really nice guys. They, they, they've been, they, are, they have been really good to us. They really have. Yeah. been. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, they're they're really good friends of ours. And uh, yeah, link
1: in the show notes. Yes,
0: uh, definitely check out their uh, their show. I don't know if they're doing. Oh, uh... dude,
1: I didn't put the show notes in for last episode. Oh,
0: uh-oh. Um, they're mostly YouTube, mostly YouTube, but sometimes they'll trends. Yeah. Um, they'll rip the audio and put it on, uh, you
1: know, as a podcast. But well, they usually do put it out as a podcast too. Yeah, it's I don't think like...
0: they have a, actually had a uh, done that in a while. But uh, the YouTube oh, really? channel is still still yeah. hopping. So uh, check them out. I think they work better as a as a YouTube channel than they do a, a podcast. Just audio, just for technical reasons. No no other reason. Just yeah, technical reasons.
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: Check them out. They've been really good to us. And then our friend uh, Bill Pepper and his Lolly Hearts yes, yes. Club band had the Atari Bytes uh, uh, table this year, and uh, so he was selling. And Jill
1: was uh, I w- Jill was selling some stuff too, wasn't she?
0: She was selling uh, pop culture blankets that uh, that she had made They had different, uh, like maybe Mario or or, you know, stuff like that on him. And um, so she was selling that stuff, and Bill was selling his his book, um, Misery Banana. Misery Banana. Which uh, you pointed out that uh, I actually am listed in the uh, acknowledgements section.
1: Yeah, page 209. Yeah, which I
0: didn't buy a copy. I should have. But I'm going to talk to him about that in the next day or so. So...
1: um, yeah, basically, Misery Banana, I th- I haven't had a chance to read it yet, because I'm in the middle of reading Jeff Lee's book that he put out <laughs> last year, and I think Misery Banana will be next to my list. It's basically Atari Bites as a book, and I think the story, don't quote me on this, but I think the stories are expanded a little bit. Oh, so you get a little bit more than what you get from the podcast. The podcast, you still should listen to it, by the way. Especially because of the. there's this jingle that he uses to introduce the story. It's really, really awesome. Well. You don't get that jingle in the book. Yeah, I love that jingle. It's really creative. Gee, I wonder why. Needs a better singer, though. But, hey. Oh. Can't have everything.
0: William Pepper, actually. I've, we're just talking about him. I'm looking on Facebook and... He's on this thing called QC Uncut, where they uh, talk to him. A, Playing
1: in the show notes. Yeah, what is this? Is it a
0: podcast? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh yeah, it is a podcast. Oh, and he's in. A, he's got his suit tie, and he's holding up a copy of his book, uh, B- uh, Misery Banana. <laughs> oh, he looks. He's quite the dapper man. And his uh, son and daughter was at were at um, Midwest Gaming Classic as well. Yes, Henry's got a fan club, but uh, um. And the most recent episode of Atari Bytes, um, Bill does talk about uh, his experiences at Midwest Gaming Classic. So, uh, yes. check that out again. Link in the show notes. So first, you know, hey Sean, uh, what tell, me, tell not me because I've already I was there with you most of the time. But tell our audience about your experiences at Midwest Gaming
1: Classic. My experiences, wow, um, <laughs> is that legal? Before we started recording. Jimmy G said, this is probably going to be a short episode. And it's, he's right because I really don't have a lot to say because I didn't really see much myself. I spent most of the time at the table. I walked around a couple of times, but I don't, I had this sudden Saturday. I was feeling this funk coming over me. I was like, eh, the world sucks. You all suck. I'm just, eh. you know, I was kind of, I was just feeling kind of grumpy. I think I was just overtired. So I didn't really take in a lot. Sunday, I didn't really take in a lot either. I did, I did walk around. I did, oh man, uh, in the arcade area. I don't understand this at all. I don't remember who it was, but somebody had a row of machines for sale, mm-hmm. with a couple that were marked not for sale. Which kind of makes you think if you're a vent, if you're selling stuff, but why are you bringing stuff you're not going to sell? I don't know. Maybe this person had an arcade too and just wanted to bring a sample. Possible. But there was a uh, cabaret. Well, what I thought was a Cabaret Pac-Man, it was definitely a Cabaret Pac-Man cabinet. I started up a game of it. It was actually Pac-Man Plus, but with the maze in the the same blue color as Pac-Man. I didn't realize it was Pac-Man Plus until... uh, Whoa. Speaking of which, a can of soda appeared as the bonus prize. I was like, oh, this is Pac-Man Plus, and it was high-speed Pac-Man Plus. So it was a turbo version of Pac-Man Plus. Naturally, I got the high score.
0: Oh, naturally.
1: So, yeah. (laughs) And um, it was obviously a hacked Pac-Man Plus, again, because of the maze color, and also because there was actually a high score table where you could put in your name. It allowed, I think, like 10 characters. Mm -hmm. So that was was interesting. Oh, I was so disappointed because um, Galloping Ghost did not bring... Cubert's Cubes this year. I was looking forward to playing that because oh man, I've been playing that so much at home and my high score so far is 537,000 and I was going to see if I could duplicate that kind of high score in the real machine but Doc didn't bring it this year. He brought faster, harder, more challenging whatever. He brought that. But he didn't bring Cubert's Cubes. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> but hey, oh yeah, um I didn't go to his line. But when I was up in the hallway and I was, uh, after I had left, uh, the guys games and beer room, Butch Patrick walked past me mm-hmm. and the only thing I could think was he's a short little sh-. <laughs> and the thing is before I left, before I left home for Midwest gaming classic, I looked all around for something that he could possibly autograph.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we have the monkeys complete series on Blu-ray and I looked through the book to see if there was any pictures from the episode he was in. But there weren't, so it's like, oh man, I can't have modern. So I was like, screw it, I'm not gonna have. The only thing I could think of was I have a boxed copy of Midnight Mutants for the seventy eight hundred. Which, what's the uh, unique feature of the box? Grandpa Munster, Al Lewis. Well, <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, not yeah, Grandpa, no, it's not Grandpa, Grandpa, Munster. Grandpa
0: Munster. He's just Grandpa.
1: Just Grandpa. Yeah. Gee. Well, yours <clears throat> perhaps. And to me, that would that would have been like, say. Roger Moore autographing a picture of Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, that would have been just the worst. But then again, I
0: had Brian Cullen sign my uh, copy of Xenophobe for the 7800, and he had nothing to do with that.
1: But well, he created, at least he created the game itself. And I had him sign my uh, 7800 Rampage box, too. So oh, okay. That makes both of us. He, yeah, he, he had nothing to do with any of the home games, but still. I, I'm sure he's signed a lot of those. Oh, though, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the home games. Oh, I saw Ernie Hudson, didn't uh, and I? This
0: is- wanted I wanted to get up to meet Ernie Hudson, and I really wish I would have remembered when his, his meet and greet was, because I would have been the only person to ask him questions about his performance in the film Snoop Dog's Hood of Horror. Ah, I love that movie. If you want a good kind of cheesy uh, horror film that's uh, that doesn't skimp on the gore? Snoop Dog's Hood of Horror. It features Snoop Dogg, duh, Ernie Hudson. Lynn Shea, um, and uh, let's see, Jason Alexander is in it, and Billy D. Williams is in it also. Huh. They got some good names for that film. I was quite surprised it was never never gave a, given a theatrical release with the uh, the people that were involved with it.
1: And I did bring something for him to autograph. I brought my loose Ghostbusters cartridge for the Atari 2600. Oh, cool. Which, by the way, is black. And I made a shopping list, like, thing, I... Um, after my work day was over that Friday, I went over to Walgreens to get like some last minute items for Midwest Gaming Classic, and here's why I never make a shopping list cuz I never ever ever get everything on the list ever. I always forget something even when I write it down. I forgot to get a silver marker because using a black marker on a black cartridge with a black label. <laughs> so, yeah, no no Ernie Hudson autograph. Even then I would I probably would have missed him. I I was I saw him when I was walking around. He was posing for pictures at the Ghostbusters mobile or whatever the hell it's called. Because remember, I did not see Ghostbusters when it came out. Thanks, mom and dad.
0: <laughs> it seemed like the uh, the convention this year was um, inundated with uh, people in Ghostbusters cosplay. Yeah, yeah. There was like the a what? contingent of like Milwaukee Ghostbusters, then the Chicago Ghostbusters Corps were there too. And. That's, I guess, becoming a huge thing, kind of like how most major cities has a, uh, like a star has like star Wars, uh, battalions in them. Like people, oh, cosplaying by the way,
1: that. um, sorry for interrupting, but I just noticed that on the bottle cap of barf soda on the underside are the words Lou Gehrig rules. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know.
0: I'm not going to make the obvious uh, joke.
1: Yeah, especially because it was found out that he most likely did not die from Lou Gehrig's disease.
0: Really? Oh, I did not know that.
1: It's something that had similar symptoms.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I learned something today. Yep. So they had a huge contingent there. Now, we weren't near this weren't near the stage so that we could see the, the cosplay contest from where we were, which probably just as well because they still had bands playing and stuff, and that kind of yeah. hurt us
1: last year. Um I did hear the one of the bands play the uh was it Green Hill?
0: Yes, the Green Hill yeah, Zone. The Green
1: Hill music from Sonic, Sonic. the Hedgehog. It was, it was like, hmm. yeah, that's a very nice little tune. And I did not see Sven Gooli at all. I know no, he was there, uh, but I didn't. I could have sworn I heard him, but I did not see him, which is a shame because
0: I brought my, my autographed picture of him from the early 80s and I was going to have him sign it again, but uh, I didn't catch him. So, uh, so yeah, missed opportunity. I'm going to see if maybe I'll mail it to him. And if I do, he'll probably put it up on uh, on the air.
1: Yeah, <laughs> send him a personal check for his truck. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but remember, no personal
0: checks! Every year, the show seems to have fewer and fewer arcade video games. And there were fewer this year than there were last year, I think. And mm. um, now, Raw Thrills was there. They had some of their selections. And I actually got a chance to finally play their... Uh, their new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4 player beat 'em up arcade machine, which I really, really like that a lot more than I did like the, uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I do like that when you, when you start your game, that um, your turtle... Well, every joystick has a different color, like purple, yellow, blue, and orange to match the turtles. And when your turtle comes on screen, it'll, he'll be surrounded by a circle of, of his color with a line pointing down to the joystick you're using. And it'll be like that for like about 30 seconds or so. I really like that. I think that's a neat feature to help, you know, so you don't lose where your character is. Because a lot of times in two-player-at-the-same-time games, you do lose track of where your uh, where your character is. So I thought that was kind of a neat thing. And um, the graphics are spiffed up, obviously. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to play the Halo game, but um, I didn't. Galloping Ghost did, even though they didn't have Cubert's cubes, did have some interesting stuff. They obviously brought Beavis and Butthead, yeah. Uh, but they brought, and I didn't get a chance to play it, the Defender pinball, which I
1: really wanted to oh, play. Oh yeah, and the Joust pinball. I got
0: a chance to play the Joust pinball. There's a, there was a like a tabletop game in the seventies and eighties called Ganip Ganop, where you had ping pong balls and you had to shoot them through hoops to the other, you know, to the other side to the other players, and if you get all of your balls on the side of the on, on the opponent's side, then you win. And um, the joust pinball is set up in a similar way, where you have two people playing pinball against each other. And you can send the ball over onto the other side of the the play field. However, if you're only playing at one player, you control the flippers on both sides of the table. So you really got to be watching that machine and thinking a lot differently. It's really, really fun. It can be frustrating as hell, but it is really, really fun. And if you're ever in the Chicago area, uh, check out the Galloping Ghost uh, pinball arcade. They have it there. I don't remember if they brought Baby Pac-Man. I don't recall seeing it. They did bring a a really real early beta of uh, of a new game. uh, Tom Malinowski and Jeff Lee are creating called uh, Snots and Boogers. Oh man, I didn't know they actually brought the game. Yeah, they did. It was set set up right on the table, right next to it. I don't know if it was interactive or it was just a an early demo uh, that you can't play. But
1: they did they did bring it there. It it wasn't in a cabinet. You remember these? That answers the question as to who was sitting uh, in at the uh, table there. Because I was over there, and I saw George Spanos talking to somebody over there, so I went over to say hi to George. And I didn't know who he was talking to, and I didn't, I don't know, I felt, I, I'm not very good socially, Well, you number and one. And if number we were two, good socially, I, we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah, right. And I'm thinking, okay, do I say, and who might you be? Because I, I just feel really weird, you know, it's... I was like, is this Tom Malinowski? Is this uh, Warren? Oh, I suddenly forgot Warren's last name. Sorry, Warren. Davis? No. Warren Davis. Yeah, Warren Davis. Oh, I was
0: thinking of Warwick okay. Davis, the guy who played the leprechaun.
1: Or is it so, It's So it got to be somebody from Gottlieb. That's all I could think. But I didn't want to be that moron who's like, yeah, I don't know who you are.
0: As far as the snots and boogers thing, remember the episode we did? Uh, for April Fools, when I was describing uh, what uh, the Uncle Pooh machine I saw looked like, <laughs> that's what the Snots and
1: Boogers machine looked like. Not joking. <laughs> I have to. I'll have to go back and listen to that again because so I don't kinda, it was kind of like that. It. But
0: I mean, it was, they, they don't have a cabinet design or anything. It's just the guts so far. So you know, it is what it is. It's a real early, so you can't expect. No, I,
1: I just laugh because I know there were certain people who thought we were serious. <laughs> Lion gets. <laughs> Oh. What
0: else did I do? Well, we got to talk to a lot of our friends. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> should we put up a, first of all, uh, people listening, uh, I still have my cough, so I do have cough drops in my mouth in case that's what you're hearing. Yeah, we hooked up with some of our old
1: friends, like Tom Malinowski, Jeff Lee. I never met Tom Malinowski. I,
0: I actually did. Uh, this is the second time I've actually met even, him, Even actually. when
1: I talked to him, I didn't know that was him. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: and uh, talked to uh, Dan Piscina for just a brief moment. So, um yeah. Then of course there was the guys over at Guys Games and Beer, uh Tom and Drunken Larry. I, I said hi to. I couldn't remember anybody else's names, but there are so many yeah, people too, involved with that podcast. That. It's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you're forgiven if you forget some some of the people's names.
1: And uh, I saw Tim Kitsrow there. I didn't talk to him. I saw him. I didn't yeah, I
0: didn't talk to him either. It's like would he even remember us? <laughs> and then uh, then of course uh, as, as we were saying uh, Bill pepper and family and um, yep oh yeah and we ran into the guy who um, who ran the anime shop next to us last year oh yeah. And, uh, yeah I don't remember his name he's a real nice guy and he helped yeah, us out with it's, it's, our, our banner last year too
1: yeah I am grateful for that. for that this year this year we actually had the banner um I tied it I, it
0: I found a way to tie it to the uh, to the legs of our table and uh, being in front of our in front of the skirt. Yeah. and uh, so that worked rather well, actually. So
1: yeah, that was that was nice.
0: And then I talked to some of our friends um, from uh, Atari Age, uh, Matt Reichert, oh, yeah.
1: and um, uh, Th- Jeffrey Koss. Thanatos.
0: Um, well, so there's a few other people. Um, oh, Nate, Nate Lockhart was
1: there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was nice running into him. Um,
0: who else? Um, there was a lot um, of
1: people there. Um, let's see. I saw Jamie Tibbets. He stopped by briefly okay. and said okay. hi. Um, you weren't at the table at the time. Oh, okay. Who else? Jeez. There's a lot of people. Scott was there on, on Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Scott from underground retro kid. He showed up late Sunday afternoon. Cause he bought something. I thought he was buying a video game. He wasn't, but he did buy something. Oh, I thought, it. wait a minute. I thought he was buying it. I thought that was the whole point and purpose of his. And he, he was like, I'm not telling anybody. Oh, what he I bought got. something. You're huge. He, I think he did reveal it on his
0: Facebook page though. He bought a pinball machine. Oh, the, the okay. new one from Stern. Uh, Red, dark, or Black Knight, Dark Knight. I don't know. uh, That's
1: that's something that's kind of alarming me now. It's like, seems that all the attention is being turned to pinball now for, like, across, like, video gaming now. Well,
0: to be fair,
1: people are forgetting about video
0: games. To be fair, pinball, as I said last year, is in its third golden age, and we're seeing a lot of really awesome innovations in pinball
1: uh, recently. Yeah. Even the newer ones bore me to tears after I played the pinball. circus. oh, I so. did. Ta-
0: also, talk to uh, one of the guys from Cosmatrons, and we're going to try to get them mm. on the show sooner rather than later yeah, to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I remember seeing Shane and his wife.
0: Yeah, that's I think who I was talking to, Shane, and uh, so we're going to talk to them a little bit. I wanted to play Cosmatrons again, but I again didn't get really much. Getting didn't get a chance to. Yeah, that and that's the whole, the whole reason, reason I brought my daughter was to help us out so we could go and do stuff, and yeah. uh, that <laughs> we didn't never pan did. out too well. <laughs> But she had fun. Yeah. It was good to get her out of the house, too. She was... I didn't like seeing her here all the time, but...
1: Yeah. Get the hell out of the house. And we should talk about um, the thing that we did oh. that was what made me stay at the table as much as I could. Uh, should, I we just felt the, guilty. Uh, should we drop the, uh, the drop? Drop the drop?
0: Yeah. Isn't that, what, that what, what they call it in
1: radio? The drop? Oh, yes, yes, yes. How do you know what to do? Insert the drop. <laughs> drop it in see that's why it's called a drop so why did we have to insert the drop oh because of our little uh contest that we had which we called the this week in robot actually it was originally called this week in robotron contest but it was renamed the this week in robotron challenge which i think is a much better name
0: seen as the, the object was to get the highest score on 7800 robotron in challenge mode
1: yeah Challenge mode, it has the difficulty all the way at the max, and you get one life only, period. And whoever got the highest score would walk away with a Ed Ladin Super Twin 78 controller. Highest
0: score by 3 p.m. on Sunday.
1: Yeah, highest score by 3 p.m. I I was going to originally suggest that we do till 5 p.m., but the reason we kind of said, no, let's make it 3 p.m. is because we knew people were going to be leaving early on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and it probably caused too much of a commotion with people starting to break down and stuff, too, so.
1: Yeah, and then it turns out that a lot of people were actually leaving at noon. Yeah. If I had known that, then we probably would have changed the rules before but- we, but hey, it doesn't matter because it was it was weird because at the beginning of the show, there wasn't really a lot of traffic coming to, uh, coming to try. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a lot of people try to play it, but then like kind of gradually it picked up more. I remember Steven Lucas made a lot of attempts. Oh yeah. And I know this is terrible, but I find it very amusing when I watch people get pissed when playing a video game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean like angry, not drunk. Although I've never seen people get drunk during the course of playing a video game, but I think I've seen that with Tapper actually. It's kind of like uh, last year when I was at Midwest Gaming Classic and I laughed my ass off when I saw James White rage quit uh, faster, harder, more challenging. Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I just find it funny when people get pissed off when playing video games.
0: Take what her piece said.
1: We had a lot of people try. We had- There were a lot of people coming up to play it who never, ever played Robotron before. And I loved like watching people figure stuff out, uh, especially when they realize, oh, there are two joysticks on this controller, one for fire, one for move and you can actually watch people like quickly build up their skills it was fascinating and I remember at one point on Sunday um I, f- I forgot the guy's name um do I, ha- I don't have my book here that has all the scores in it but I forgot his name but he came by he didn't do so well he was only he, he played a couple of rounds got like 30,000 and then maybe 50,000 then he tried again and he got like 130,000 we're like what 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 just for comparison, I was playing the game on challenge
0: mode every now and then just to see how I could do, even though I couldn't win the controller. I think the hi- I got like 115000 on it at one point, but I never even got... No, I, I take it back. I did get like 90000 one other time. But just for comparison, I mean, challenge mode on 70, uh, 7800 Robotron is not easy. No. But I think Nate
1: Lockhart said he was going to uh, come and try it, but I don't think he ever did. Or did he? No, he oh yeah, he tried. He's like I got to win that controller. He kept saying how he had he had to win that controller because he really really wanted it but he couldn't justify spending the money for it mm-hmm. right then. So he's like I'm coming back. I'm going to try again. I'm going to win the that c- controller. The scores got way too high for him to even compete. Yeah, he's like yeah, I'm throwing in the towel. And it eventually came to like throughout most of Sunday. The last was hour like and this- a half really yeah, but there were there was like four people who'd, who like basically stationed themselves at our table. There was this one guy named Jacob who I don't think is a listener because he says he only listens to one podcast because he only has one time. He only has time for one. <laughs> but I remember meeting him last year too. I think he's a college student and he was trying his ass off for. I think he got up to like eighty thousand or something. And he's like, yeah, I can't do any better than this. But he hung around and watched all the competition. And Matt Reichert came by and didn't he get like hundred and thirty some. Oh man, he yeah, Tempest from Atari Age, Tempest and Andrew Fellman were going back and forth, basically topping each other. And oh man, and and thing is Tempest doesn't even have a 7800 and he was still desperate to win that thing. I <laughs> maybe maybe to give him some impetus to get a 7800, I don't know. And I remember, oh man, poor Andrew Fellman. I felt so bad for him because he was perspiring. <laughs> he was so <laughs> he was just so intense about it. And the scores kept changing hands. Like, every few minutes, like, somebody would beat the other one out by a thousand points or something. Mm -hmm. And the rule that we put into play was we weren't cutting it off at, like, as soon as 3 o'clock happened, the game was over. No, it was more like as long as the game started before 3 o'clock. Kind of like putting up a shot in basketball, as long as it's up in the air before the buzzer goes off. But at the stroke of 3 p.m. Literally. I mean, it was... Wow. (laughs) We have video of this on our Facebook page. Holy crap, my fat. Good Lord. Okay, I don't get this. The videos that you took that have me in them, I'm a freaking blimp, which is true. I am. And it looks like I have like really short, fat, stubby arms and like a gut that goes out like nine feet in front of me. Monday morning, I took a walk over to the bronze fonts and had someone get a picture of me. And I didn't really look big, but not like monstrously fat like in the videos i don't know what the hell's going on but anyway but yeah at the stroke of 3 p.m like on the dot andrew fellman good lord what was his final score uh
0: 155,115, 115 i believe Something that sounds right that. that sounds right
1: and i don't think he even realized it no he didn't because I, I don't think, I don't think he knew what he had done because he was just like freaking out over everything. <laughs> was like, oh, and, and cause he, he was just so intensely concentrating on the game and sweating as he was just so uh, into it. And so I felt bad for him. It's like, man, it's just a game. You really want to put yourself through all this stress. And he was in shock when he realized what he did. <laughs> he was like, What? Yeah, 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 you just you just won that controller. You you just won, you just took the score from uh from Tempest.
0: And uh, we took a video of him, took a couple of pictures of him with the controller over his head, gave him his uh gave him the certificate of authenticity and um
1: And thankfully he took the original box that it shipped in too, so I didn't have to take it home.
0: There you go. And um yeah, it was it was really it was really yeah. a, a tense situation there in like the last minutes. And oh, when he man. won it right at three o'clock, uh, there was a loud noise coming from our booth, and uh, that was probably because I ate too much uh, too much chili. But um, there was also a big uh, cheer coming from our our uh, table too because of uh, Andrew Felman winning the uh, winning the controller. I mean, it was it was quite the photo finish. It, it it was not unlike Game Seven of the 2016 World Series. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cubs fan. That was literal that was literally a great baseball game that had you on the edge. And that on the edge feeling was there for the last couple of minutes of the uh this weekend Robotron Challenge.
1: Yeah. So yeah, congratulations, Congrats. Andrew. I'm so glad it went to him or Tempest because I was I, when they were when they were going basically like competing against each other with that, I was really hoping it would end up being one of them. Uh I mean, no, no offense meant to uh the guy who originally set the really high high 130 some thousand. Uh, 130,000 100, score yeah, or whatever, but man, I, w- I was excited to see those guys. Like, I mean, I don't know what else to say. This was wow. Well over a week ago. Now that I think about it mm-hmm. and yeah, so that, that was great. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Adladen controllers for helping us out with that too. And for sending the cool stickers and, uh, thanks of course to mainline print shop for printing out the, uh, things that we were hoping more people would take, but they didn't, but Oh, anyway. Um, uh, yeah. And
0: then of course we had to pack everything up.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And Saturday I see Walter day walking around. He oh, stops at yes. our table mm-hmm. and he said, I want to put you guys on a trading card. I said, yeah, we talked about this last year. Whatever happened to that? He said, oh yeah, about that. Here's what happened. You and another podcast here. I don't remember which other podcast it was. I feel bad about that, but they were, so they were there as well as we were, but, uh, he said, you and the other podcast, I talked to both of you guys who told you we were going to put you on a trading card, and then when I left Midwest Gaming Classic, I realized I totally forgot the names of the podcasts, <laughs> and nobody I talked to remembered who I talked to either, <laughs> and then when I saw the schedule for this year's Midwest Gaming Classic, and I saw that both of you guys were back again this year, I said, "That's those are the guys, those are the podcasts, <laughs> said, so we're going to do it this time, and here's what we're going to do to make sure that I don't forget uh, I want you to send me this. I want you to send me that, uh, email all this stuff to me by such and such a day. So we can get things moving and your card will be unveiled on May 18th in California.
0: I wonder Is he going to have a live feed of that?
1: I don't know. And if he does, I'm not going to be able to see it because I'm going to be busy that day.
0: I'm going to ask him about that.
1: Yeah. Walter said, if you guys can make it to California. And of course, I don't know if, I don't know if either one of us could afford
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> no, especially me.
1: And number two, I, I literally do have a prior commitment that I cannot and do not want to break. Um, but if that prior commitment hadn't been, hadn't been there, maybe I'd consider looking into some cheap flights to California, but I don't know. I don't know. But he said, well, if you can't make it, you know, I'll make sure we send you the, the plaque or whatever it is that he gives out. Uh, I, I see it's like a framed picture and everything. So oh, awesome. he said, I'll, ma- I'll make sure that we ship it to you. And so, yeah, we're get We're finally going to have a trading card unveiled. It's uh, card number thirty ninety three, by the way, and yeah, it's got it's got our lovely faces on the front. And wait,
0: our what faces?
1: Our lovely faces. Oh,
0: that's the uh, first time I ever heard that. Oh, okay, May eighteenth is a Saturday. I'm I'm going to see about maybe getting out to uh, Prince Arcade or Pixel Blast or The Galloping Ghost or something, if uh, if anyone's interested. So, um,
1: oh, I'm probably going to be going to Prince Arcade this coming Saturday. My wife and I are going to go to IKEA. Oh. And so I'm gonna say, hey, you know, after we go to IKEA, if you have stuff to do, drop me off at Prince Arcades, that's
0: right across the street. <laughs> yep. Oh no, Hyde said Colorado isn't going to happen. Colorado sucks. Oh, oh. well, so I guess he's gonna isn't be he from there. I don't know. Oh well. From Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. Hmm.
1: Oh well. So yeah, we're getting our tra- we're getting a trading card.
0: So yeah, so that's rather exciting. So. You know, this year I bought, a, um, I bought a cart so that we could uh, haul our stuff to and from cars, hotel rooms, whatever. And I believe you borrowed it the one time. And, yeah. um, of course, it snowed the last day of Midwest Gaming yeah, Classic.
1: WTF, really. And it didn't it's really stick a too
0: much. And it wasn't as bad as last year. It, no, not but not nearly as bad. here's the problem. Uh, just enough stuck to the ground to make uh, my using the... Uh, oh, and we're... And where I parked uh, was outside a couple of blocks away. But anyway, there was just enough snow on the ground to make using the cart uh, pointless. So that was fun. Uh, I got
1: stuck in the snow a few times. I don't know Jeez. what's up with that. And but. Milwaukee sucks at snow management, seriously. Well, they, they didn't clear the roads at all last year. and The thing is, though, it I, was late I in the slipped like eight times just walking down the sidewalks. But
0: to be fair, we haven't been in Milwaukee for a full winter. That could just have been a um, an anomaly. I don't know. The drive home wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was actually quite, uh, quite, it was quite delightful. Um, oh, I, I got
1: to watch a semi-signal for a lane change to the left and then actually merged to the right and almost ran somebody off the road, so that was fun to watch. Oh, there you if go. If there hadn't been for a shoulder, then somebody probably would have died.
0: But then again, you stayed uh, Sunday night in Milwaukee and you left yeah. the next day, so... Yeah. Which, if we do it again, I'm going to definitely uh, definitely uh, consider doing that, staying the extra night. Anyway, huh. um... Anyway. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess, is there really more that need to be said? I don't think so. I think that's about it. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess maybe we should, uh, thank some people. Yeah, we should. Speaking of which, I do want to thank Dan Luce. uh, once again, I didn't get to talk to him personally this year, mm-hmm. but he has bent over backwards for us in the past. Oh, indeed he has. He's been, he's gone out of his way. Nothing. Get, but the man's more busy than, enough. He's been more than welcoming to us. Yeah. And Gary Heil, of course, thank you for, for your help. And, I thanked him last year for this, but I'm thanking him again for this. Thank, thank you for letting me in, even after I accidentally Blues brothersed the uh the floor uh, last year. Uh, apparently, I drove in a little bit farther than how I was supposed to be. He was like, whoa, whoa, we've never had anybody drive right in before. I was like, oh, I thought <laughs> I was supposed to. And, of course, we do want to thank people who have very generously supported us financially over patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, that includes Steve Steiner, Art Guglielmo, Richard Valdez, D. Alex, uh, Underground Retrocade, Atari Bites, Nate Lockhart, Greg Polander, Jonas Rulo, Kyle Etter, New Balance Stores, Phoenix, PJ Steele, Michael D'Angelo, Rory Coleman, Richard Grounds, Tim Foley, Keith Sheehan. And we got a new one this time, oh. Franco Dragon. That was oh, very... Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't know if that was his way of saying thank you for sharing the table space with us. And it but regardless, thank you, Franco Dragon, and it was—I gotta say—I really enjoyed having him oh, yeah. uh, at our a, table he with a us.
0: Interesting conversationalist, I might, yeah. might say. Uh, no.
1: and I wanna say. I just I, want to say, I—I—I was watching people love Roof Pooper. Oh yeah, they were enjoying. People are like, "Oh my god, this is hysterical!" That—that is my favorite of his games. I really want to get that Draker Quest game he made. That looks. That's. Uh,
0: looks nothing i've played it a few times it's pretty fun
1: and uh so yeah i guess uh so thank you everybody and um i guess we'll be back again with uh uh, episode 95 coming up next in which we are talking about what we're talking about punch out and um league bowling league bowling yep yeah that was courtesy of richard valdez thank you for choosing those games for us and uh now it's up to us to come up with a theme
0: yep yeah lord have mercy yeah so Nobody. anyway
1: this is uh, uh sean from pie factory podcast
0: and this is jim from pie
1: factory podcast also yeah. yes bye bye <sighs> chicagoland area there we are this episode of the pie factory podcast was edited and produced by hyde saint pierre opening and closing theme is the happy l composed by sean courtney Follow the Pie Factory Podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash pie factory podcast.